My name is Nancy Farrow, also known as Mama Lou, and I'm the founder of Epic Experience. Epic Experience mission is to empower adult cancer survivors and thrivers to live beyond cancer. I hope that as you listen to Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer, you find hope, healing, and empowerment. Through stories and education, we aim to guide those impacted by cancer and more importantly, offer love and support to anyone out there who needs it. This is Beyond Cancer. Hello, everyone. This is Gail, a.k.a. Sunshine. Today, we have Dr. Amy Rothenberg joining us around the campfire. Dr. Rothenberg, thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you so much for having me. So first, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and I always ask people to include one fun fact. Okay, I can do that. Let's see. Um, I'm in my 60s, and I live in Western Mass with my wonderful husband, where we raised three awesome 30-somethings now. Uh, and I work as a licensed naturopathic doctor for the last 37 years, working with natural integrative medicine for prevention and treatment of illness. And I am also uh, very interested in just being outdoors and spending time in nature and being recharged by lots of different activities in nature from rollerblading to biking, to hiking, to swimming. Um, I, I love being outside. A fun fact about me. Let's see. I'm an avid ballroom dancer. That's not awesome. Something I about How long me, have I you do, been do love to do dancing? That. I've been doing that for about 10 years and I can't say enough good things about it. It's just, well, there's another activity. Marks for, it, it hits high marks for being social and physical and cognitive and sensual and musical. You know, it just really hits high marks for all that. And a really fun thing to pick up later in life with a partner who you really love looking for something fun to do together. Well, that is awesome. What I'm curious, because I am also an outdoorsy person, what's your favorite outdoorsy activity? If you had to pick one, oh, what would you say is gosh. your favorite? It would probably be a tie between rollerblading. We have a beautiful 16 mile, very nicely paved bike path through the woods and streams and farmland in our area uh, and swimming in a, in a nice lake, you know, in the heat of summer. I have to, that would be a toss up for me. That's awesome. Well, hats off to you for rollerblading because I am not coordinated. That's not my strong suit. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> So let's take it a little more serious now. I know that you're yeah. a cancer survivor and that's why we're here today. So tell us a little bit about your diagnosis story, kind of you what bet. led up into it, um, how you okay. found out, and then your surgery treatment options. Okay. Yes. Well, speaking of ballroom dance, on New Year's Eve 2000 into 2014, my husband and I were out dancing all night long. We got home at around three or four in the morning. You know, I felt the top of my game. I think I danced every single dance and I looked great and I was happy looking forward to the new year. And in the morning, I found a lump in my breast, which I had never had a fibrocystic breast before. I'd always had uh, accurate, you know, very, not aggressive, but I kept up with all the surveillance because it was a very strong family history of breast cancer in my family. Hmm. I had already tested negative for the BRCA mutation, 
a few years before, but it turned out um, at my time of diagnosis that I carried the BRAC mutation. The, the test got better. Obviously, my genes didn't change. Right. And so I had a double mastectomy with reconstruction at that time and four rounds of chemo and 28 radiation shots to my chest wall because there was a little bit of mm. lymphovascular invasion in the tumor itself. And I mean, I'm not saying that it was easy, but I kind of got through that pretty well. A lot from, I had wonderful care at Mass General, but I also used all the natural medicines to help enhance efficacy of conventional care, prevent side effects that could arise, and then to address any side effects that did arise. And so got through that. And then because it was determined that I had the BRCA mutation, the idea would be to remove my ovaries. And because I was going to be on estrogen suppression, related to my estrogen receptor positive cancer, which would put me at a little risk of uterine cancer. I was going to have a complete hysterectomy. And my doctors basically said, why don't you wait a year or so, recover from the breast cancer, and then we'll do the prophylactic surgery. But at that time, it was about July. I think I finished my treatments in July for the breast cancer. And the year had not been that great. And I didn't want to bring it into the next year. Right. How about we wait till my blood counts get back to normal? They were a little depressed from the chemo. Uh, and then let's do the hysterectomy. And at that hysterectomy, about a month later, cancer was found in my ovaries. So, mm. you know, had that been my diagnosis some years back, the treatment would have been complete hysterectomy done. But the right. treatment has progressed now. It's all like, take no prisoners. We're going to do whatever we can to make sure that it doesn't come back. So I had 12 more rounds of chemo. Um, and, and my last chemo, interestingly enough, was on January 2nd, 2015. It's kind of like bookends for this year. Wow. Um, at that last chemo, I did say to my husband, all right, honey, in six months, uh, I'd like to do my first triathlon. I, I knew I needed to do something to look forward to, to work toward, to get a team together on. Yeah. So, so we did that. And, you know, my, my treatments were, you know, harsh for a good reason. They had a big job to do. Mm-hmm. And I had early ovarian cancer, you know, clean margins, negative nodes, clean abdominal wash and all that. So I was lucky in those regards, but that's a lot of chemo on one Oh, one person. Sure. Uh, but true to, true to form, six months later, we did the first triathlon with the three kids and the three partners and a whole bunch of family members. It was, it was very fun. All and of you I, did it? You got everyone? Yeah, we all did. That some is people, amazing. Some people did it as a team. Some people did, you know, one person did each part, but I did the whole thing with a couple of other people. And yeah, and I've tried to do one a year since then, kind of keep me honest and keep me training. And I try to do them in the fall when the waters, the outdoor waters warm up a little bit here in the Northeast. Oh, for sure. So you're a doctor in this field having to do with the natural. Were you yes. already doing this? So had you already been studying this and yeah. then you, in a sense, became your own patient? Yeah, well, that's a very good point. You know, I already was living a very healthy lifestyle. I was eating a basically anti-inflammatory diet, which I'm happy to talk about. I had a very healthy relationship to exercise. I have a beautiful life. You know, the stress is, is, is not that I have no stress. Nobody has no stress, but, you know, I have a supportive partner and healthy children, uh, a job I like, a home that I, you know, own and that is beautiful. So all the big ticket items you could check off. So then you could ask the question, well, wow, you know, if, if, if you got cancer, how is, and how, how do the rest of us feel kind of thing? But I came to really understand, and, and initially I felt uh, kind of blindsided by it, although there's such a strong family history, it also was right. something waiting in the wings a little bit. Uh, my sister at that time had already had breast cancer three times and ovarian. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, she's no longer with us, unfortunately. But um, I really didn't spend a lot of time beating myself up. I really lean into that concept that bad things happen to good people. There's so much cancer. American Cancer Society now, they're, they're just about to say one in two people is are going to develop cancer at some point in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. But I knew that going in healthy, you know, going into it as healthy as possible, and I really was at the top of my game, made it so that my outcomes would probably be better. So, you know, people that have a diagnosis who are diabetic or have really bad problems with, you know, inflammatory illnesses otherwise, and don't have a strong head game, struggle with anxiety, depression, insomnia, they have harder paths in in some ways. Um, And my natural medicine training, I never specialized in oncology, but I always treated patients going through conventional cancer care and worked with patients who were after their care ended, and now they were left with certain symptoms and side effects, and they wanted a natural medicine perspective to try to address some of those side effects. And then the, those same people also were interested, hey, you know, is there anything I can do to shift my internal environment to be less hospitable to further cancer? Mm-hmm. So I was already working with people in that regard. Yeah. Um, and I can talk in more detail about any of that. It's, it's um, you know, it's, it's beautiful work. There's more and more providers who either have a background like my own as naturopathic doctors or integrative medical doctors who are using similar sorts of approaches with Mm -hmm. the legions, I would say, of cancer survivors. Yeah. Well, the fact to me, the fact that you were able to do a triathlon six months after 12 rounds of chemo speaks to the impact, the positive impact of all the things that you were doing for your health. Uh, overall. Absolutely. And I do want to say for any triathletes out there, it was a sprint triathlon. That's the real easy short one, not a full one. A triathlon <laughs> is a triathlon. Yes, yes it is. We always laugh. You know, what do you call the person who comes in last in a triathlon? You know, a triathlete. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> right would you say that because you already had this experience treating others, but also yourself in that sense, that w- once you were diagnosed, um, the mental and emotional impact that you experienced was perhaps, I don't know, decreased from what it might have been? Was it still you know, as I shocking? Think, I, no, it was absolutely shocking. Um, I think that, for, first of all, I just want to say that I did not treat myself with regard to natural medicine approaches. As soon as I was diagnosed, I reached out to a number of colleagues who really have expertise in this area. And I'm also married to, I like to call my husband, Paul Herskew, a one-man research phenom. I mean, he was going to go bat for me and do, I I felt felt overwhelmed by all the information, all the decisions that had to be made. I was not going to go on, you know, PubMed, the the sort of clearinghouse of research and do the deep dive for myself. I, I knew that my job was to get my exercise, get my rest, eat healthy, you know, pray, whatever you want to add to that list. Exactly. Take, yeah. take my supplements. Um, and I think that like a lot of people, especially people that have a, at least a modicum of support, there is an element of, you know, the fight is on, you know, now we have this job to do, we're going to do it. My, 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 my statistics in terms of the kind of cancers I had were better than many at, at diagnosis, not as good as some, but better mm-hmm. than many. And, you know, I think I felt sort of the wind at my back from like the loving support I got from my friends and my family and my colleagues and the providers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in with a good attitude, but you know, people see that and that's generative and there was more yeah. and more 
of that. I would certainly have my moments. I, I remember you know, on numerous occasions saying to my husband, oh, I need a pep talk, you know, because yeah. I was feeling low. We know that chemotherapy, one of its side effects is many kinds of chemotherapy cause depression. Mm -hmm. I'm not a person who tends for depression, but I would find myself, you know, plus the fatigue and yeah. then not having the benefit. I, I didn't work for some months. I had the, the blessing of not having to work, mm -hmm. which was good enabled me to put the time into healing that I needed. But I think that the having a strong head game is important. Mine is not perfect. I'm always working on it. We have the, um, you know, so many skills in the toolkit to think about and to work on everything from getting exercise to meditation, to talking to a friend, to having a gratitude practice, to doing something creative. You know, we know there's so many roots to reversing the more challenging emotions like depression, anxiety, yeah. irritability. Yeah. Well, tell me about your book. I know that you have written a okay. book related to your cancer experience. So give us the title and tell us, give yeah. us a little snippet of what it's about. Yeah. It's called You Finished Treatment, Now What? A Field Guide for Cancer Survivors. And if you Perfect. could see the book, what you would see is a beautiful uh, relief map in the background with a, a beautiful, uh, beautifully placed gold compass. And I, I love the design of the, love <laughs> it. the book. This book started out as articles on the platform Medium. Medium is kind of Huffington Post. It's another mm -hmm. one of those things. And I started just writing them one by one because I felt like all my patients were asking me, you know, you're doing so well, my cancer survivor patients. What, what are you doing? How are you doing it? First one I wrote was about exercise and survivorship. And, and you know, they were short. Second one I wrote was about nutrition and survivorship. The third one I wrote was about the head game. Then I wrote one about nutritional supplement. And, I, and they weren't ex exhaustive. They were just sort of a taste to so just to let people know they're in terms of self-agency, there's things you can do that might actually help you feel better and might yeah. actually help prevent further cancer and, and optimize your health outcomes. Yeah. And I got a lot of feedback on those articles. People like, oh, I need more. I need more. This is a book. This is a book. This is a book. Anyway, I wrote that. That was around uh, well, probably 2018, 19 before the pandemic. And then I just needed to stop. I needed to yeah. go to other things. I was interested in, I do a lot of writing on topics in natural medicine. I was a longtime editor for the Institute for Natural Medicine. I wrote a lot of their FAQ series. People can awesome. find that on all kinds of topics in natural medicine. Anyway, uh, come, the, come the pandemic. And I was like, okay, I have a little more time on my hands. And I felt that I had the emotional distance from the material. Yeah. And the I had a conversation with a colleague Tina Kazor. People should know about Tina. She and another uh, colleague, another licensed naturopathic doctor who, who is a cancer, breast cancer survivor um, named Leah Sherman have a wonderful podcast called The Cancer Pod. People mm. really should tune in. It's fabulous. They're funny, they're relatable, and they are based in science. And it's all about integrative medicine and natural uh, and, and, and cancer people going through treatment and, and survivorship times. And I had a conversation with Tina. We thought we would work on this book together. And uh, we sat down, wrote an outline, we, we batted it around, we had a couple of conversations. And I think in the second or third conversation, she said, you don't need me. This, <laughs> this is your book. This has to be your voice. This has to be your story. And there's a lot of me in the book because I feel like I want people to understand that people can feel really bad and down and can get better. Mm -hmm. And it's doable to one degree or another for everybody. Yeah. So I took about uh, six months or so to, to add up 18 chapters to the book now. 
um, and to flesh them all out, to add patient stories and references. Oh, Everything oh, I good. say in the book, I tack down to a PubMed reference and I did not want to self-publish. So I got myself a, an agent who sold the book to Kohler Books uh, with a modest advance. And it came out late in the fall last year and it's an Amazon bestseller. And I just won a Nautilus Book Award. So amazing. Well. Congratulations. Help a lot of people. That is amazing. Well, how has cancer, and I'm I'm guessing writing that book, but how has having cancer, survived cancer, now thriving on the other side of cancer, right? How has that changed your approach to life as a whole? You know, has it? You, you are not the first person to ask me that. And I can say that I don't feel at a, a core level that it's changed my life that much. I think I was mm. just very excited to get back to the life I had before. Yeah. Have I cut certain responsibilities and certain commitments out that I found stressful? I have. I'm also older, you know, I'm in my, I'm 63. So a lot of people are starting to do that anyway. Anyway, yeah. Um, I, I think, I'm, I think I'm probably more anxious than I was before. You know, there's hmm. a whole thing in, in the cancer world and other worlds called somatosensory amplification, where you have a little symptom and you think, oh my God, I hope that's not cancer. Like that, that I think is a very common thing for yes. a lot of survivors that I wish I didn't have. And I, I try to work on, yeah. um, but you know, my, my heart is open and, and my, my mind is clear and I have a job to do. I, I understand what my job is, uh, yeah. at least in part, is to really awaken people to the power, the healing power that we all contain in the in terms of the physical body, but also the emotional world and psychological and cognitive areas. So, and I, this is not information that I make up, you know, this is information yeah. that is derived from the literature and, and from the research. So, um, you know, was cancer a big wake up call for me? No, I was already living a very healthy lifestyle. Did it make me want to change my priorities in my life? No, my priorities were always my family, my community, my work. You know, that yeah. hasn't really shifted. So I'm sorry. I don't have any, I don't have any great insight. No, just, not at all. Amazing thing for them. But that's not my story. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, one of the things that stands out again is, is how active you are and how that, activity that being outside that nature therapy has really positively impacted you and epic experience was founded kind of with that in mind that's why we have these camps and i know you haven't been to camp yet i think you're even on the waiting list but how did you discover epic experience oh yes and i just also want to give a huge shout out to epic experience i mean what a fantastic thing particularly because it's not focused on the cancer itself i think for a lot of survivors they want to connect with, but they don't want it to be about cancer, like anything yeah. but cancer, please. So um, I had mentioned before we started recording that the last fall, I had the opportunity to take part in Casting for Recovery, mm -hmm. and which is a program for, it's only women, uh, female-bodied individuals who are breast cancer survivors. And it's a three-day, all-expense-paid uh, trip to a beautiful, in my case, they're all over the country, it was in a beautiful camp in New Hampshire, we learn all about fly fishing. And, and of course, the main thing for me is I love the outfit. Oh my God, the waiters and the hat, and the scarf. <laughs> that, that really was, that was all, I was all about that. But, um, and we learned how to fly fish. And then on the last day, you awesome. taken out a volunteer guide who's expert at fly fishing and you have to spend the whole afternoon fishing. It was wonderful. And they had a, a resource sheet uh, at, the, at the, the information table and they listed other things that people are available for, in that case, breast cancer survivors. Right. So this was on that list and that's how awesome. I found it. 
And so I don't think you've attended a, a regional event, but I, as far as I understand, you are planning, if it all works out, to go to one this fall. Is that right? Yes. We re- my, registered myself and my husband to go kayaking on the Charles River, awesome. which, which I've never done, even though it's a couple hours away. So I'm, we are really looking forward to that and meeting, meeting the people from Epic. And that's my question. What for you is the thing you're looking to the most, whether it's physically, emotionally, Related to that, related to that yeah. event, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I'm look. I'm looking forward to meeting other survivors who are also really interested in outdoorsy kind of things that are not too far afield from me. Um, and I'm also looking forward to. It's it's such an iconic. I mean, you know, yeah. you're in Colorado, so you have amazing, amazing nature. And you know, you're in Boston. You have the beach, not that far. You got the mountains up in New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, etc. But in terms of in Boston, like it's such an iconic natural resource, and it's yeah. so beautiful. Uh, two out of three of my kids went to Harvard out of uh, either undergrad or graduate school. So we spent a lot of time back and forth in and around Boston. We've never been on the Charles. So I'm just really looking forward to that. And I love that you're branching out and trying to get into the more regional you know, areas because this is, this is a, a, a missing part for many cancer survivors. And honestly, for many people, not spending enough time outside in the natural world, which we know has yeah. huge positive health benefits. Yes, I completely agree. And you said your husband's going with you, right? Yeah, I think we were allowed to sign up a, a definitely a friend. So yes, how has it been off. for him? I mean, is he is he as outdoorsy, and is this something he finds <laughs> healing like you well, do? You laugh. <laughs> well, when I said to him that in six months I want to do the first triathlon, you know, the last chemo, he, he sort of leaned in and in a stage whisper said something like, "Okay, I'm going to be part of the photography team." I love it. So this is not his his main thing, but he does love to go camping. We're going to be camping for a week in Maine this July. Yeah. Oh, he recently, blessedly, finally got electric bikes, which has, has really revolutionized our pleasure in biking. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And has he done anything like this to connect with other caregivers? Because these regional events, that's exactly what they're for, is for oh, yeah. survivors yeah. and the caregivers. No, he has not. I, and I would say that it, that's not so much in his nature to, to want yeah. to reach out. I, I will say one thing in my book, I do have a chapter which is called Caregivers as Survivors. Yeah. In the, right after this whole experience for me, a few years later, my sister um, had a metastatic lesion to her brain and caused a stroke mm. um, in 2018 or 19. And um so I was part of the team that care took her her last two years of her life. She lived with us for a year of that. And I learned a lot about myself yeah. family, oh, I'm sure. and about caretaking. I'm not for the faint of heart. And also, you know, so common, there's so many Americans that are caretaking somebody and, you know, there's not enough support for it and there's not enough finances for it. And there's all kinds of challenges related to caretaking. Rosalind yeah. Carter, you know, our former mm-hmm. first lady, she has, I'm going to read you a quote of hers. She said, there's only four types of people in the world those who have been caregivers, those who are caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregiving. So yep. pretty much everybody. Pretty um, much covers yeah. everybody. Yeah. And well, a lot yeah. of people going through treatment and a lot of people who are survivors themselves are now also caregivers. So it's a ton of double whammy. Yeah. Um, and not just caregiving for people with cancer, obviously. Many people need care for all right. kinds of yeah. Well, and that is exactly one of the, the goals of these regional events is to involve caregivers. As you yeah. said, that's really involving everyone, but specifically those who have maybe been caregiving for a cancer survivor. Yeah. 
So thank you for asking about my husband. I, I've done about 75 podcasts now on the topic of my book and, and all of this, and nobody has ever asked me about my husband. So mm. thank you for that. You are welcome. Well, I'm wondering if there's anything else that you would like to share with someone listening that I haven't directly asked you about. I think the main thing I would like to share is the idea that change is possible, hmm. that even small incremental changes matter, and that you don't have to go and make a 100% transition related to diet, exercise, supplements. You can take things little bit by little bit, and that you're not alone, that there's a lot of people going in this direction. There's a lot of interest in this from the conventional medical world. Also, they don't always have time during visits to get into this and they don't have the resources to really back it up. But this is the future. The future is going to be using natural integrative medicine yeah. alongside conventional care. And that I, I hope that uh, more and more people will have access to this kind of approach to the ultimate benefit of their quality of life and their health outcomes. Definitely. Well, thank you very much. Well, I always close with one fun question. You said you love camping, so this is perfect. Marshmallows over a campfire, slow and steady or flame and crispy? Oh, slow and steady. Right on. I slow and steady. Agree. And then you take it off and you can do it again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Dr. Rothenberg, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. And I am going to look for your book also. Awesome. And I yeah. I hope you do get to go to the uh, regional day in Boston and have a lovely time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Until the next time we gather around the campfire, keep living beyond cancer. Thank you for listening to this episode of Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer. For more information about Epic Experience and our programs, or to donate, please visit our website at epicexperience.org. Music for this podcast is provided by Moonshiner Collective. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us so we can share our story with more people. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are released. We hope you come back and join us for our next episode. Valentine.